And I'm scrolling Instagram and Andre Brower, who played Captain Raymond Holtz, pops up as a uh, in memoriam. And I'm watching the first episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine at the same time. Like, it's I, crazy. Like, I was just like, I was floored. I'm like, what? No. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Hey, everyone. I'm Skyler, and I'm Gary. And welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Nerds Inc. podcast. Uh, as I mentioned, I am Skyler, uh, a Chicago-based actor. I'm in South Carolina, and I am a screenwriter slash comic book creator. Yes, and this is just for all those new listeners that we might be getting, or even those of you who like listen all the time, and you're like, wait, who are these people again? So we, we each have kind of our, our different background uh, in the arts, um, me coming from more of the performance aspect, Gary coming from the writing and more of the creative aspect. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's who we are, and welcome everyone into 2024. Uh, this is our first episode of season three and first episode of the new year. Gary, how are you feeling? I'm good, man. Uh, 2024 started out pretty good so far. Um, we're recording this on the 6th of January. So, uh, only has been, um, less than a week since 2024 started and I can't complain. It's been pretty solid and hopefully it continues to go this way. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, it hasn't been as wild as the starts of some of the other years of the 2020s. So I can't complain so far. It hasn't been bad. It's just a, a snowy day here in Chicago. So, you know, just trying to stay indoors. Yeah, it's one of the benefits of living in the South. Don't have to deal <laughs> with the snow. You don't have to deal with the snow, no. But you know what? Having the seasons is always a good time. Um, but yes, welcome everyone uh, to another episode. Uh, today, we're just kind of doing uh, kind of an overview of some of the news that has come out in the entertainment world since uh, Gary and I have been on our break. Uh, we did take about two or three weeks off there uh, to enjoy the holiday season as well as New Year's. Um, and we are back. So some things happened right after we recorded our final episode of 2023 in season two. Um, one of them, I guess not at, wasn't as shocking as we expected. Cause I guess we all kind of saw it coming with the news about uh, this actor and this role. Gary, do you want to tell the people what, what happened? Yeah. Um, I want to say it was approximately like a week after we recorded our last episode. It may have been like a week and a half, but um, the trial between Jonathan majors and Grace Jabari, uh, came to its conclusion. Uh, the jury uh, took all into all accounts uh, the charges against him, and he was found to be guilty on two of the four counts, uh, which I think the two were uh, misdemeanors. Um, but literally like two hours after the verdict was uh, pushed out, uh, we find out that Marvel dropped Jonathan Majors from the role of Kang. Uh, which is kind of wild to see because usually when a situation like this happens, the fallout is usually pretty gradual. But as we saw throughout last year, he had lost a lot of sponsorships and a lot of roles prior to the trial. And then Marvel was like, okay, now that we got the verdict, now we can make the decision. Uh, so Skylar, what are your thoughts on, for one, the case of Jonathan Majors and two, the, uh, the, the fact that Marvel dropped him before he even walked out of the courthouse. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm certainly not surprised that Marvel and Disney are getting ahead of everything and dropping him. I think the rumor was for the last several months uh, since he was arrested back on March 25th of 2023 that that was kind of coming. We saw it. They were really just awaiting that final verdict. So something tells me they already had all of that, you know, cancel contracts, drop him from the role. They already had all that stuff typed up. They were just waiting uh, for mm-hmm. those court proceedings to finish. Um, and, and I mean, if I could just come out and say like Jonathan majors as an actor, I think is extremely talented. I, you know, we've talked about in our review for Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania that he was the best part of that movie. Um, obviously, you know, he was great in the, uh, the Lovecraft series on Mm -hmm. HBO. Um, anything that I've seen him in, he's been fantastic as an actor and as a performer, as a person, obviously like, you know, we don't really know who he is. Right. So (laughs) it's difficult to say it's difficult for really the public at all to kind of speak on these celebrities and these artists and like what goes on behind the scenes. Like, yes, there's footage that we've seen of him running from the car. Um, There's all kinds of backlash from, uh, you know, this, this, this person uh, or his, his ex-girlfriend, I should say uh, Jabari, who has been accusing him of assault. And obviously he was convicted on two of those um, misdemeanors, uh, so that being said, like you kind of have to go with what the court proceedings say. And that is that out of all, I think he was um, charged uh, or he was charged for multiple um, different um, accounts of assaults and he was only um, convicted on those two misdemeanors. So he obviously wasn't guilty completely uh, that there was probably uh, a bit uh, from both sides there. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's a, it is unfortunate that like in this day and age, like yeah, if you get wrapped up in anything legal, um, especially when it comes to Hollywood and acting, like they're going to drop you with the quickness and that's essentially what happened. So um, it, it's really not my place personally to say if, if Grace Jabari uh, is the victim here, or if she's the perpetrator or if, if Jonathan Majors is the victim or the perpetrator, because all we have is what the courts tell us. Right. And then we have footage mm-hmm. and stuff to come up with our own opinions. Um, so that being said, it is, it is sad to see, um, you know, because of how talented Majors is as a performer, as an actor, but at the same time it is expected. And if you follow any of these kind of stories where it's kind of an actor going off or um, an actor, you know, saying things that they shouldn't say, you know, people get canceled for a lot less these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you're a comedian, it's a little bit easier to kind of get around that because you can use the guise of like telling a joke and like, Oh, you can't cancel me for that. But if you're an actor and you're physically putting hands on somebody, even if it's to get away from them, yeah. you're going to get caught with it every time. Yeah. And I think, the one thing I just want to highlight is the fact that you said that, you know, we really don't know because mm-hmm. yes, we saw the video of him, you know, trying to throw her in the car so that he can get away or whatever. But it's just like, you know, all of that is just a microcosm of a moment. And while it can look bad any way you try to spin it, we ultimately don't know the actual progression or buildup from the time that they met up until that moment. Um, So, you know, things like that are, when those types of situations come about, I always like to take a step back and be like, okay, why do I feel so invested in this? Because ultimately, yes, you know, these people have careers, these people have jobs and things that they want to, you know, have so that they can survive and live. But, you know, it shouldn't be to the point where we're making think pieces about whether or not the black man is, you know, being persecuted 
for something like this. And I think that's where I find a lot of issue with, you know, the whole situation that happened or really the fallout is more so, you know, I think you and I, we both talked about how we expected Marvel to kind of drop him at, at some point. Like it was inevitable whether he was guilty or not. And as we saw, it was a 50-50 split. But I think the, the fallout from people online uh, going and attacking Jonathan Majors and calling him an abuser and calling him, you know, all these types of names. And then the other side of people calling <clears throat> Grace Jabari the abuser and saying, like, she's this, that, and the third. I think that's the part that I find to be the most disturbing mm-hmm. because, and this is something we see a lot with social media, how people just find themselves so polarized when it comes to something. There's never a situation where people can be in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes it's never just one or the other. Sometimes it is a little bit of both. And hopefully um, Jonathan Majors, you know, takes the time to, you know, work on himself um, and, you know, grow from this experience and this situation. And hopefully he can have a Robert Downey Jr. situation or a Josh mm-hmm. Brolin situation where, you know, he had this maligned uh, character flaw and he's able to come back and become a crowd favorite so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens in time but yeah it's definitely unfortunate yeah um and i i do want to remind um everyone that while we were recording this uh once again on uh, saturday january 6th um this is this episode will be dropping the day after jonathan major sits down with good morning america so <laughs> yeah. i don't know if you saw that uh gary yeah. but yeah good morning america has already recorded an interview where they sat down with jonathan majors and he's getting to kind of tell his side of the story openly for the first time on camera and mm-hmm. that is premiering on uh, monday uh, january 8th so the day after uh, is when our episode drops. So everything yeah. that we could be saying, you know, everyone could have a very different opinion of it because they're like, well, look, I heard it from Jonathan himself. And really yeah. that is, you know, his truth and his perspective. So I think that's important. Uh, an important caveat here is that we have not seen that interview yet. And I, mm-hmm. I certainly look forward to watching it just to hear his side. Yeah, definitely agree. And um, also one last caveat, and then we can go to our next topic. Um, I think Mar- February or March um, he is appealing the decision. Um, mm-hmm. So we also get more information around that time. I don't know if you're going to want to talk about it again, because to me, I think I find these kind of topics to be very banal. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, it's cool to talk about in the moment, but then afterwards it's like, okay, it's time to get on to you know, more interesting right. things for me. And I mean, ultimately, it's not going to change Marvel Disney's decision. Like, you know, when Pirates of the Caribbean dropped, you know, Johnny Depp and they were trying to move on from him during the whole Amber Heard trial and that scandal, um, you know, Johnny Depp is kind of slowly, I guess, gaining a a resurgence, but you're not going to see him as Captain Jack Sparrow anytime soon, even if Disney did ask him to come back. So that's an important thing to remember is that even if he can appeal this, you know, whether everything, anything is overturned, whether he does any jail time, you know, whether it's five or 10 years from now, like, you know, he might see a career resurgence, but ultimately like what is lost as far as his job is lost. You know, he's not going to get Kang back. Um, And that's really kind of where I wanted to pivot from here, Gary, because we have heard in recent days that Marvel is rumored to be recasting the role of Kang. I know for a while after, you know, Jonathan Majors, uh, you know, was found guilty and then, you know, Marvel dropped him the same day 
a lot of people were saying, well, okay, cool. So then just scrap Kang completely and we can move on to Dr. Doom because the rumor was that Marvel was trying to set up after the Kang dynasty, that Dr. Doom was going to be the next big bad. Mm-hmm. But we haven't even really seen this big bad of, you know, Kang. We've only seen him yeah. in what one movie and in a, a few cameos. So yeah. I know you and I are all about team recast. Yes. Uh, Marvel has rumored to have cast uh, the actor, uh, his name is Coleman Domingo. Um, for those that don't know, uh, definitely look him up on Google IMDb. Uh, I know him most recently from his role as Ali in Euphoria, uh, the Zendaya uh, star vehicle show. Uh, and anything I've seen him in, he's also been in you know, Walking Dead. Um, he is a brilliant actor with some great presence. What do you think about him potentially taking on the role of King? So when I first saw that rumor, I was like... I mean, okay. I mean, I'll take it. I don't. I don't care. Like, um, I'm interested in the character of Kang. You know, I want to see more of the character of Kang. But then I looked him up because you mentioned that he was a great actor, and I was like, let me look him up because most likely, if he's a great actor, I've seen him in something. He was in Selma. He had an amazing role. He was in Walking Dead, like you mentioned. Uh, he was most recently in The Color Purple, the uh, musical that came out. Um, he was the voice of Unicron in the most recent Transformers movie. Um, he was in Candyman. Um, and then the thing that really caught my attention that really was like, okay, I remember him now. I remember him. It was two roles. One, it was Selma. And then it was his role in Without Remorse. Now, Without Remorse is an okay movie. Not a big fan of it. It has some good parts. But Coleman Domingo was really good in this film. And to me, that's what made me realize, okay, yes, if he gets the role of Kang, he will kill it. So I'm really excited if this is the route that they go, because I think that he'll do an amazing job. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is important to note kind of the age discrepancies there. So where Coleman Domingo is 54 years old, Jonathan Majors uh, was born in 89. uh, So he is turning 35 this year. So there's almost a 20 year age difference. So I know like that was kind of what I was seeing when the rumor was first starting to trickle out about Coleman Domingo is that like, oh, well, he's so much older and Kang this and Kang that. But like, I think obviously with acting, you know, makeup, CGI, you can do wonders. But at the same time, like 50s in Hollywood these days is not that old. It's really not. No. I mean, you got Liam no. Neeson in his 60s and early 70s <laughs> whooping people, you know, and Taken and and all these action movies and, and Bruce Willis, you know, you know, before he retired doing, you know, diehard movies in his 50s and 60s. Right. So you get to see action stars nowadays. I mean, Tom Cruise is in his 60s, still jumping on yep. motorbikes, you know, and, and Mission Impossible. <laughs> so jumping out of airplanes, jumping out of airplanes, you know, doing, you know, Top Gun sequels at his age. So I really do think, especially in Hollywood, like. 50s and 60s is like for a lot of actors, they're prime. So Coleman Domingo really might be the perfect age. Uh, I know that, you know, these Marvel projects do take years and years. And so like, yeah, he might be in his 60s when he's done playing Kang. But like at the same time, if you're a talented actor, you know, movie magic exists for a reason. So I don't think the age discrepancy should stop anyone from believing that he could take on the role because like Kang is Kang regardless. Uh, And it's a really interesting character that we've only scratched the surface of in the film and TV world. So I agree with you, Gary. I think that we deserve to see more of Kang. Um, You know, yeah, you could scrap him and bring in Dr. Newman, just bring Kang in later, but I kind of think the cat's already out of the bag. Like you've already opened the multiverse. 
you know, Loki season two was all about that, you know, quantum mania, multiverse of madness. Like they've already led so much up with Kang in this multiversal saga that you really can't backtrack now. So me personally, I would love the the casting of uh, Coleman Domingo and I hope that we get to see him. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said in that regard. Um, I will say, and I think you can definitely attest to this, um, as you get older as an actor, you become more refined in your craft. And so, you know, I think it's probably, a, a Marvel's looking at it like this. If we can get someone 15, 20 years older than Jonathan Majors, who has shown the acting chops and the range to do multiple roles that a character like Kane would need, it's a win-win. So we can do a recast. We can take what happened at the end of uh, Loki season two and use that to kind of reset how we were doing this whole multiverse saga. And we can kick the ball uh, down the field and start rolling in 2025 and really get back on top. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think um, this would be an absolute uh, knock out it apart from Marvel. And if they do this and they do this right and they handle the scripts right and they take what they did in Loki season two and actually made that a plot point to the multiverse saga, yes, we would literally see the way um, the Infinity Saga ended. Mm-hmm. We could see the multiverse saga ending in a similar fashion. Right. And I mean, I know like a lot of people that, you know, people that are on the whole, like, no, only Jonathan Major should play Kang. So if they're going to do away with him, if they're going to drop him. Then we need to just move on from the character completely. If you're going to believe that, then like that means regardless of how you think that MCU has done recently in the movies and TVs and shows. And I know a lot of people have talked about how it's just been trashed since Infinity War, uh, the, right. that Infinity Saga. So. I mean, really, that's just going to make things worse. Honestly, if you completely mm-hmm. scrap everything that has been sort of kind of built, and I know it's been done sloppily, if you're going to trash all that now, then I think that it's even more of a waste. And I don't think that Bob Iger and, and Kevin Feige want to do that. I think that they're trying to find a way to kind of pick up the pieces and they are trying to invest more into quality over quantity. So Bob Iger has said, and I'm sure that message has yeah. been relayed back to Kevin Feige. So yeah, I don't. I, I think that you kind of need to recast uh, Gary. I know that this also kind of harkens back. Obviously, different circumstances, but it harkens right. back to you know T'Challa recasting and them ultimately deciding not to do that after um, after the, the the death of um, Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. I can't believe I forgot space for a second. But yes, Chadwick <laughs> Boseman. Um, so you know that there is this whole detachment that people don't seem to have these days with actors and their characters. I think. If it's especially if it's early enough in the start of this character being introduced, it's a lot easier said than done. And so I I can kind of get you know the points of like Chadwick Boseman being replaced as Black Panther because so many people were attached to him, seeing him so often as T'Challa. Whereas this is right. you know we've seen Jonathan Majors pop up here and there as Kang, but I I would like to think that he's not established enough as a character because there are so many different variants of him that you can really do a lot. And you know the Council of Kangs and kind of all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that this is really the perfect opportunity to recast and people need to understand that like actors are actors, their characters are their characters. And if you want to see these characters flourish, you know, on the silver screen, then you have to be able to appreciate when they do need to be recast. Yep, I definitely agree. Uh, One last thing uh, that I actually want to talk about with just the uh, the difference between recasting um, 
Kang and replacing him with Dr. Doom is there is a path where they could replace Kang with Dr. Doom where it would continue to be the multiverse saga and it could work, but it would have to, the writing would have to be pristine and it would come down to essentially Dr. Doom going through the multiverse and killing Kang. Now, if they did that and had it where they built Dr. Doom up through that means, it could work, but it would still have a little bit of a plot hole in regards to like, okay, unless they, again, unless their writing is absolutely pristine in how they do this, it would be a plot hole in regards to how they handle where Dr. Doom came from and how he was able to get through the multiverse. Right. Now, those of us who read comics, we know Dr. Doom is one of the first to ever uh, discover the multiverse. And he's one of the smartest minds in the Marvel universe. So it makes sense. But for the general audience and for a cohesive storytelling uh, in a shared universe, that has to be done in the correct way or else it's going to cause problems. Right. No, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because that to me for general audience goers and, and casual MCU fans, that to me would feel very much like a Greek tragedy and that in Greek tragedies and plays, yeah. all the action always happens off stage, right? All the battles, all the wars, everything happens off stage. And then you come on stage and you say, look, this just happened. That to <laughs> me would be very akin to um, in the rise of Skywalker somehow Pal- mm. Palpatine returned, that would be that scenario yeah. for the MCU because you would have everyone going yeah. like, oh, Dr. Doom killed Kang. We don't know what happened. It's like, <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't tell us, show us. And yeah, you could right. slap a CGI Jonathan Majors on uh, a body double and then kill him off. But that's still not the same right. thing. You, you've spent all this time building up this character that everyone should fear him. And he who, exactly. he who that remain or he that remains um, you know, specifically said like, you know, see you soon. Welcome to all my parents. Like <laughs> you hype up this guy so much. We have to see more of a payoff and we got to see battle world and, and him just whooping on the Avengers. Like, I think that's something that we all deserve to see. Yes. Dr. Doom, I think as a character is significantly cooler and better than Kang, but like we got to earn it. And if you're going to tell this as a long form story, like don't, don't throw out Kang yet. Yep, I definitely agree with everything you just said there. I'm glad you brought that up and poked that hole in it because, like I said, it, it, it's an interesting idea. But yeah, let us finish Kang and then give us Doctor Doom after the fact, right? Because then you can also really focus on the longevity of the MCU and like where it can go from there. Because I mean, exactly. with Fantastic Four and X Men and Doctor Doom, like you could tell another ten years of stories. So, yep, exactly. All right, moving into the next bit of news that we have. Uh, you know, this came out also around the same time. Uh, this was just a few days after we, we filmed our last episode uh, that it came out uh, that Matt Reeves, um, who we already know is developing currently the Batman Part 2, uh, and he's also producing the Penguin show for uh, Max, which that trailer is out. So definitely give it a look um, if you're a fan of, great. of the Batman. This is a spinoff focusing on the Penguin and kind of those events that happened after uh, the events of the first Batman. Um, and now we find out that Matt Reeves is going to be developing an Arkham show. And I think anyone that's a Batman fan or a fan of the DC universe, you would think, oh, that's awesome, an Arkham show. But there was a caveat to that, right? There, there was a subtle change to that, Gary. Do you want to tell the people what's so different about that? <laughs> um, well, 
it's going to be part of the DCU now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah, it came yeah. out because, um, you know, James Gunn is extremely active on social media, on threads, on X, on all the social medias. If people kind of tweet at him, he will respond back. Um, and so. Except for me, of course. <laughs> right. Except for you. He needs to respond <laughs> back to you. I agree. Uh, so this is uh, from uh, the Deadline article about it written by Armando uh, Tinoco uh, uh, talking about uh, what Matt Reeves said. Uh, so Matt Reeves came out and said essentially that the Batman part two and the penguin series are a part of the elseworld stories. So it is a part of the DCU quote unquote, but it's going to be separate. It's an elseworld. It's a different universe. And then he's talking about how he's bringing in Matt Reeves to also develop an Arkham series. That's going to be specifically set in the new DCU that he is in charge of creating. So Matt, uh, or uh, sorry, uh, James Gunn uh, was quoted as saying, right now Matt is producing Arkham as a DCU series. So there's just the two for now. Uh, he said, we love Matt as a director and a producer. So he'll be producing stories both within his Batman universe and within the DCU. Um, and then he clarified that like, you know, stuff like the upcoming Joker fully deluxe or Dux, or however you pronounce that, it's French. Um, that right. that is also going. Todd Phillips's sequel to Joker. That's also set in an Elseworld story. Um, Gunn also went on to say it was one of the first pitches we brought when Peter Safran and I came on board. Uh, I I don't know uh, the permutations uh, that it went through before that time, but the Arkham series is going to definitely be set in the DCU. So Gary. What are your thoughts on this? Because to the average moviegoer, to the casual fan, which I feel like as nerdy as you and I are, and as much as we love the DC and Marvel Universe, this is confusing even to us. So what do you think? So I'm going to use an example. Um, I recently watched uh, Kong, or I'm sorry, Godzilla Minus One. I watched it on New Year's Eve, actually. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie. Throughout the movie, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, this must be like a prequel to, you know, the other Godzilla and Kong universe. And I found out that, no, this is its own standalone thing. It doesn't connect to that universe at all. So I was like, huh? Okay. Well, that's nice. (laughs) I feel like that's kind of like what's going to happen with the DCU It's going to be like, okay, well, you know, the Batman is a really good movie. I really enjoy it. Oh, the penguin is a really good TV series. I really enjoy it. It must be connected to, you know, the DCU somehow. Oh, no, it's not connected to DCU at all. Oh, well, okay. That's nice. It's like, yes, it's going to get confusing because it's like you have these characters that are connected in some way or they may have some similarities because as we know with multiverse, usually it's just like one thing that changes. And people are going to look at this and be like, you know what? I enjoyed this. I want more of this. But then they're going to be like, wait, this Batman isn't going to meet up with Corn Sweat Superman and we're not going to get to see them connect with Wonder Woman. They're not going to fight Brainiac or Doomsday or none of this. Huh. I'll wait for it to hit streaming. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to cause, I feel like it's going to cause some financial issues for DC. And as we saw throughout all last year, WB cannot handle any more financial issues. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a big miss to kind of split it up like this um me and you talked about this a lot offline and i think we even had an episode where we talked about this where it would have been better 
for the DCU to just go ahead and bring Pattinson's Batman in, have him be the first hero in the universe, and then build from there. Because mm-hmm. this Batman, he can have supernatural heroes and villains in the universe and still work. Mm-hmm. But I think um, just before or just after this article came out, Matt, um, I think James Gunn came out and said that Matt Reeves said he didn't want his Batman to be part of the universe. Which is disappointing because it would have been so cool to see the Robert Pattinson's Batman interact uh, in this universe with the other characters. But yeah, so I agree with you. I, prior to this, I was like, you know what? I don't think it's going to be that confusing. I can see, you know, people being able to differentiate. But having been in the situation where I'm thinking this Godzilla is part of the Godzilla that we know from 2014 uh, movie and everything, because everything seemed the same. And it seemed like, OK, this is a great origin story. And then it's just like, oh, this is not an origin story. This is its own universe. Uh, that's yeah, that's not confusing at all. Right. I completely agree. Um, I think this is really red flag number two for me with James Gunn. Once again, I know that it came out that you know Matt Reeves specifically said, no, I want my universe to be its own thing. But here's the thing, Matt Reeves, we love you. You're a great director. What you've done with Planet of the Apes. Uh, one of Gary's favorite series. Yes. It's amazing. As a director, I'm sorry, you don't get a say in a universe. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You, he, Matt Reeves was not appointed to the head of WBD, you know, DC executive. He, he wasn't appointed that. Peter Safran and James Gunn were. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yes, it might have disgruntled the director. Yes, maybe Matt Reeves could have stormed off and said that I'm not making Batman 2, whatever. Then, okay, fine. You find another director and you move on. I know it's 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 heartbreaking because you don't get that same gritty feeling because Matt Reeves is kind of in his bag right now as like a yeah. David Fincher 2.0, if you will. All that's yeah. great. But at the same time, I'm sorry. Like, you don't get the choice to do that. The Mm -hmm. DCU and the DCEU previously have suffered at the hands of what is connected and what isn't. And I understand that James Gunn was specifically brought in to handle the artistic side where Peter Safran's handling the business. Well, James Gunn is trying to build a cohesive universe. This right here is not it. It's just not. You know, red flag number one, and I mean, yes, I'm a big Henry Cavill fan, but it was like when you're going to just say we're going to just recast everybody and we're going to take Jason Momoa, specifically Jason Momoa, and we're going to probably make him Lobo and we're going to give him a different character in the new DCU. That to me was red flag number one because it's like if you're going to scrap everybody, scrap everybody. If you're going to move on, if you're going to recast whatever, then do that. I personally would have specifically kept the actors because they're talented. And if it's a different universe, then you could still have the same actors play them and it's just a different story. We've seen that done mm-hmm. with X-Men. So I don't understand mm-hmm. why that was so complicated, but whatever. James Gunn wanted to start from scratch, except for Jason Momoa. Once again, confusing. But then you're going to sit here and say, we're going to take this director who's extremely talented. We're going to have him direct the Batman too. We're going to have him make the Penguin. These are their own thing. But then on the same Max platform, because you know we're going to see it. On the same mm-hmm. Max platform, there's going to be the Penguin series. That's going to probably have the little Elseworlds title. And they they said that yep. the openings are going to be different, right? It's going to have a different DC logo if it's an Elseworlds mm-hmm. story or if it's a part of the DCU. Wow. Great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to get confused people. So you're going to have the Penguin on Max and then probably right next to it like, hey, want to see more like this? And then it's going to be the Arkham series. And it's going to confuse the hell out of people because like yep. you said, we're not going to see Matt Reese's Pattinson Batman teaming up with Corn Sweat Superman. We're not going to get to see that. 
We're going to see a completely when they eventually announce who the new Batman is. We're probably going to see him making cameos in this Arkham series. So you're going to be watching that and then you're going to see Penguin and it's going to be a different Batman. And it's like there's too many moving parts here. There's too much going on. You're restarting a universe. This is not it. We have we have actually seen this same story unfold for the last 10 years of the DCEU. And honestly, if you want to go back, um, the same thing happened with Marvel. Um, before the MCU became what it was, you know, when they were first starting out um, in two, from 2008 to like 2015, you had the confusion of Mar- of the MCU with uh, the Spider-Man movies and the uh, rebooted X-Men movies. You know, people was like, oh, you know, are they connected? Are they going to cross over this and the third? And it's like, no. So I, I feel like it's going to be the same situation, even though the Marvel the difference between those was Marvel Studios was its own confined thing and they had sold off all the rights and everything. It still was confusing. Um, and they did have different logos. It was still the Marvel logo, but the MCU had, I think, the flipping pages and, and all of that, whereas the other Marvel uh, properties, mm-hmm. um, I think they had just like uh, the regular logo that just zoomed in or whatnot. Well, and we still it's even, going to get confusing. It is, and we still even see it today, right? Like all of the Sony property, Spider Man, Spider Verse, Madam Web, all that stuff. That is its own universe, yep. and then we have the MCU and and that Spider Man, and that that's a whole more of like a, a rights dispute between Sony and Spider Man, and then them allowing Disney to have certain rights and certain not. It's a whole weird it's thing. Sony just doesn't so want to give up on Spider Man because they know it's a cash cow. I get it. Yeah. But DC has full control over these characters. WBD mm-hmm. has full control over these characters. Now, there's rumors that, you know, depending on the, how the DCU works out, and I think I could easily see this happening, that WBD might completely sell off DC to Netflix or something else. And that might happen. Yeah. And maybe Netflix will actually build a cohesive universe. I don't know. But all I know is right now, we're starting on the ground floor. I love Matt Reeves. I love James Gunn. But this is so confusing, even to those of us who pay attention to these universes and love these characters. Um, I, I don't think we're ready to start telling multiple stories in different universes when you're trying to start from the ground floor on one universe. Because once again, why Marvel and the MCU was so successful is because they really honed in on one cohesive linear story, one sacred timeline. And that's what we got to work with. I think before you start telling a bunch of Elseworld stories, like let, let's have more of this now. If Matt Reeves really wants to create the Penguin and the Batman part two, great. But then let him play in his own world. You know, we've seen all that with Nolan, right? I think that that's my biggest takeaway from this is like, you're kind of just repeating history. Chris Nolan Mm -hmm. didn't want Superman, didn't want the Justice League. Chris Nolan just wanted to tell his Batman story. And Matt Reeves is kind of in the same vein where he doesn't want any other heroes. He wants to do the same thing. So as successful as the Dark Knight trilogy was, we have been down that road before. We have. Fans want to see something else. We want to see a cohesive Batman in a Justice League that's not flopping, where you don't need director's cuts, where you don't need to do a hashtag movement. (laughs) <laughs> to get a director's release. We want to see something. Yeah. And I, as DC fans, it's so frustrating because we see this time and time again. And it's like watching a train wreck. Yeah. Being a DC fan in the year 2024 kind of feels like you're the pauper in the 16, 1700s begging for a, a golden coin from <laughs> someone passing by. Because it's just like you don't get anything that you want. All I want to see, like you said, I just want to see Batman and Superman, world's finest, 
fight Mongol or something. Like, just give me something simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're but, going to get to see that. You know, we're going to get to see whatever universe James Gunn creates. But then we're also going to have Robert Pattinson's Batman. And all the film geeks like us are going to be like, oh, it's so dark and edgy. And it's going to get nominated for cinematography and sound design and lighting and costume. It's going to get nominated and it's going to be a three hour long epic. But then James Gunn's going to tell probably like a much more lighthearted Batman. You know, and even if he has other directors, you know, he's going to have his thumbprint on all that. He's going to find a way to develop really great comedic moments. And it's just going to feel like two polar, polar, polarizingly different Batmans. Yeah. And that was actually the thing that I was always concerned about. You know, from the time that he was announced as, you know, the co-head of DC, I was like, I like James Gunn. I am not a fan of him being the creative head of DC just for that reason alone. Now, I'm going to give him the time because, you know, with everything he's announced about Superman Legacy, it has me excited. I'm really excited for Superman Legacy. Um, It's been a while since I've been treated to a good Superman movie. Last time was Man of Steel. I love Man of Steel. But hopefully, if he does this right and everything works out, you know, I'll come back and I will say, you know what? James Gunn was the right man for the job. Mm Mm-hmm. But until then, I have this hesitation that he's going to make this universe a bit more comedic than it should be. Mm-hmm. DC shouldn't be on the same level of Marvel. Marvel has always been a lot more on the lighter side, has always been more of the like they have some dark stories. They have some very dark moments. But DC has always been more grounded, you know, from the comics and everything. So I'm just that's all I've worried about. Yeah. And then with this whole situation with uh, Matt Reeves, I'm just I'm just hoping that it ends up being one of those situations where I'm wrong and James Gunn and Matt Reeves know what they're doing mm-hmm. and they cook. No, I think you and I both want to be wrong here. Um, we do. We, we hope that all this yeah. turns out great and that the Penguin and the Arkham series are both brilliant in their own right and – it's not confusing at all. And we can watch both and be like, yeah, this is its own thing. This is its own thing. This is all wonderful. This is great. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. I do. I, having said all of this with my takes, um, whether you, you know, take them with any kind of, you know, weight or not, I truly yeah. hope I'm wrong here. And I hope that they get to cook. We're going to give James Gunn his time. Obviously as fans, we, we can't do anything else, but, but we are going to have our reservations here. We are going to have some hesitation because once again, we've kind of seen this movie before, even as talented as Matt Reeves and James Gunn are, we've seen these things happen and it can get really messy really quickly. So here's hoping that doesn't happen. Yep. Here's hoping. Uh, Moving on to our last bit of news that was pretty significant. And that actually just came out really last week. Um, Gary was a bit of news out of Marvel and the Thunderbolts movie. What happened there? So for those of you who weren't aware, who haven't been following this news, because who cares about Thunderbolts? Um, (laughs) There have been rumors all through last year that Stephen Yeun was going to be in the Thunderbolts and he was going to play Century. Well, as of last week, we find out that Steven Yeun is no longer in the Thunderbolts. Um, They are citing that he just has a full slate and he just has too many other things going on. Um, I believe um, it's mostly due to uh, a couple of other like projects that he had picked up or things like that. So it's unfortunate to see, but uh, Skylar, 
what do you think about Steven Yoon no longer being part of the Thunderbolts? I love Steven Yoon as an actor um, ever since I saw The Walking Dead and that was kind of his breakout role. Uh, and then seeing him in the Netflix show Beef, which he was hilarious in that. So amazing. Seeing him obviously voice uh, Invincible in the Amazon mm-hmm. show Invincible. Um, Steven Yeun is great. He's he's one of yes. like the, the the true great actors out there because he's he can do comedic and dramatic. He can kind of do it all uh, very versatile in that way. Um, the rumor is, and I don't know how much to take with this, that Robert Kirkman, you know, obviously the writer and producer of Invincible, is the one that maybe forced his hand there because they have a really weird like voiceover filming schedule for Invincible. Like yeah. even how they release this season, they're trying to pull like a long form version of what Netflix has done, and they're releasing part one, and then they're waiting a few months to release part two. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't like that format personally. It's like, come on, like this isn't 1999 anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't, I've, I never read the Thunderbolts comics, so I don't really have much of an opinion about it. I just know that, like, they're losing, obviously, a great actor. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I can look at it because I don't know the character of Sentry. So I'm coming from a place of pure ignorance here and that, yes, I would have loved to see Steven Yeun in that role. Um, but obviously, Robert Kirkman and Invincible had other plans. <laughs> so, a uh, quick breakdown of Sentry. Um, he is demented Superman. Oh, best way to put it. Um, he's Superman. He has, he's a Superman analog, but he has a lot of mental issues. So we would have, the way that Steven Yoon was portrayed in beef, mm-hmm. um, as, um, that main character would have perfectly translated, uh, to century, uh, in regards to personality and things like that. So, um, I was honestly a little hesitant at first, not because I don't think Steven Yeun was a wasn't a good actor, but more so just because I was worried about how they were going to portray the character. Because I like Steven Yeun. I think he does a really good job with his range. But then after watching Beef, I just actually recently finished it and I'm like, dang, like we really gonna miss out on something pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm kind of happy because I kind of found it to be a little dumb that they were putting Sentry in a Thunderbolt story because th- especially with all of the characters being basically super soldiers, mm-hmm. like there's no variety in the power set at all. So that to me was just a big miss. Well, to me, it's it's on par with like Adam Warlock being in Guardians 3, you know. That was a waste. Yeah. That was a waste. So it's like taking an overpowered character and just kind of throwing him in the mix, seeing what happens. Right. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm happy for Steven because, you know, ultimately he's going to get more roles. Um, and hopefully we see him in the MCU someday. I would love to see him in the MCU. Um, I can think of a couple of characters that he would do a pretty good job at. Uh, we'll probably say that for another episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, this isn't. I mean, this is definitely a bad thing for that movie because now they have to actually find someone to play Sentry that's going to be able to do as good a job as Steven would. But Mm -hmm. it kind of makes me happy because I I don't want to see him wasted in that movie. Agreed. Agreed. But you know what? Hopefully they they cast someone else equally as talented in that role. And once again, we'll we'll get to see Steven down the line for sure because – if we know anything is for sure with how big the DCU and the MCU are, 
it seems like every actor you've ever known eventually makes some sort of appearance in there. <laughs> Unless you're, you're Leo DiCaprio and you hate the idea of superhero movies. <laughs> yeah, which I don't blame him, honestly. <laughs> what the, the one piece of advice that Leo gave Timothy Chalamet when he was first coming up in Hollywood was don't do hard drugs and no superhero movies. <laughs> That's what he told Timothy Chalamet. And that was his advice. And it's like, okay, yeah, I can see the no hard drugs part because, you know, actors right. and performers used to party pretty hard back in the day, but you know, superhero movies, they can, uh, they can pay your bills too. That, dis- yeah. that Disney and, and WBD money is pretty good. Yeah. They, they've set a lot of careers into a higher trajectory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Great. So that's kind of the the main news. I know there's probably other stuff that we missed, but the main news that kind of happened in between uh, the start of 2024 and when we last recorded our final episode that we really wanted to touch on because we had a lot of thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gary, uh, in between the last couple of weeks since we have last spoke, um, what have you been enjoying? You know, whether that's video games, shows, movies, comics, anything in particular you want to share with the people so they can check it out. So, as I mentioned, I just finished Beef. Uh, absolutely phenomenal show. Very easy watch through. Ten episodes. Uh, each episode is like 30 to 40 minutes. So, it's not something that you're going to spend a lot of time sitting and watching. But it's so entertaining. Um, it's funny. I got through like episode four or five. I was like, this show is kind of dragging because it felt like it. But then from episode six through ten, it's just like, okay. I like the direction that this is going. I like the change in pace. Um, so yeah, beef, high recommend. Uh, definitely something that if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix and you will enjoy it. Um, and then movie-wise, Skylar, this will make you happy. <laughs> but I finally started watching The Lord of the Rings. Let's yes. go. <laughs> um, I watched the first uh, movie, The Lord of the Rings, uh, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I watched the extended version, not the not the original. I Which that extended. is pure dedication because you know these Lord of the Ring movies are long. I'll give them that. Peter Jackson doesn't do a short movie. So these movies are already three hours. If you watch the extended yes. edition, each of them are like three and a half hours. So kudos it to you. It was well worth it. Kudos it to you. It was well worth it. Um I am in the process of finishing the second one. Um, I'm actually going to try to watch that this upcoming week. So basically after this episode drops, I will have watched the second one. Um, And then the final one I will watch before the end of the month. So that is my goal uh, to finish all three of the Lord of the Rings uh, movies. And then, I don't know, maybe I might talk about a little bit more in a future episode. As you should, because it truly is the best trilogy of all time. Go back to season two and you can listen to our episode of our top (laughs) trilogies. But I'm just saying, it's the best trilogy of all time. Uh, Story, actors, everybody. You you guys, if you're longtime listeners, you know exactly how I feel about Lord of the Rings. And that will never change. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Great. So uh, a few things I'm enjoying lately. I've been trying to start getting into the Oscar season because – some of the short list movies have been starting to come out. They haven't released the nominations yet as of the time of this recording, but uh, the 2023 movies that are going to be nominated for Oscars are going to be coming out here soon. And we're of course going to do our deep dive into that. We're going to do our show about it, about the nominees. And then of course about the winners, as we always do, we might even have uh, our special guest back on Christy Shu to talk about that because she is
is all things Oscars, as am I. Um, so we're hoping that that happens. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up watching Killers of the Flower Moon uh, last weekend, with um, directed by Martin Scorsese, of course, uh, starring Leo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, uh, among others. And yeah, it was a very, very long movie. So <laughs> I will say this. And you guys know, like my favorite trilogy has three and a half hour movies, you know, each. So, you know, that I don't mind a long movie. The Batman's three hours, you know, you know, freaking Justice League, Zack Snyder edition is four hours, you know, split in episodes. Yeah. So I don't mind if it's long, but the pacing and really just the story itself has to kind of grab you. Killers of the Flower Moon was good. It was solid. Um, would I watch it again along with Oppenheimer? Probably not. Mm. It's just, it, it's, it has that feel to it where like there are moments where it really feels like it drags. And I will say the whole story of what they did to the Osage Native American nation was tragic. Leo DiCaprio plays a villain for the first time. Um, and mm. it's just, yeah, the way that they, they, you know, short, long story short, you can see it in the trailer, but it's, it's white man taking, you know, Native American man's land essentially and Native wow. American women. So that's what the story is. It's like a, a long con game and it's brutal and it's, you know, historical facts. Um, maybe not everything in the movie is obviously cause it's a movie, but what they did was truly horrific. And I think just for the story, just to know what happened, it's worth watching. And of course the performances are stellar. So I expect it's going to be nominated for a ton of things at the Oscars this year. Of course. Along with like Barbie and Oppenheimer, right? We know that's coming. Right. So definitely give it a watch. Um, once again, it's just a very long movie. So pace yourself, uh, set aside a whole afternoon for it, but it's worth <laughs> seeing. Just like I said with Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer is not a movie I'm probably going to see again, but it's worth watching mm-hmm. just so that you can kind of know a little bit more about the subject and you can be like, wow, that was messed up. Because history, gotcha. as we know, is often tragic in that way. And then I've also been rewatching a great comfort show. So my wife and I uh, did finish the show uh, years ago when it did finish. Um, but we've been rewatching Brooklyn Nine-Nine on mm. uh, Peacock because it is an NBC show. That show ran from 2013 to 2021. So it is very recent and when it ended. Um, and kind of the tragic part about this is that we literally started episode one, started rewatching it, episode one. I'm sitting on my couch watching episode one. And as we all do, right, you pick up your phone haphazardly. You're not even realizing, oh, I'm scrolling while I'm watching a TV show, completely not paying attention to the show. (laughs) And I'm scrolling Instagram and Andre Brower, who played Captain Raymond Holtz, pops up as a in memoriam. And I'm watching the first episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine at the same time. Like, it's I, crazy. Like, I was just like, I was floored. I'm like, what? No. And I showed yeah. my wife and I was like, yeah, like Captain Raymond Holt, the great actor Andre Brower is is dead. Um, and so RIP to Andre. Uh, he is a just a brilliant actor and he makes Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I mean, really that whole ensemble cast is phenomenal. You know, Terry Crews, Stephanie Beatriz, Andy Samberg, Melissa Firmo, uh, Jolo Truglo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great cast all around, but Andre Brower is really such a, a force in that show as, as Captain Raymond Holt. So yeah. I'm loving rewatching it, but every time I see Captain Holt, I'm just like, I'm heartbroken every time because of how talented he is. Um, so yeah, but I am, I'm, we're enjoying watching Brooklyn nine, nine, cause it is a great comfort comedy that you can just kind of have on the background while you eat dinner or, you know, mm-hmm. sitting on the couch for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I remember when it, the news dropped on on him uh, passing. It was 
It was rough. I've never watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I just hate seeing, you know, because he was, what, like 50, 60 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's that's still a little too young, yeah. you know, to be dying. Especially, especially as an actor. Yeah, and as talented as he is. Um, I yeah. definitely encourage you to watch it. I mean, I know you got a list as long as probably the Brooklyn Bridge, Gary, but <laughs> you need to add Brooklyn Nine-Nine to your list. <laughs> Um, and if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, it is on Peacock. So if you don't have Peacock, I can understand, but, um, maybe like look around and see if anything else has it. Otherwise I recommend getting Peacock personally as a streaming service. Cause NBC has just like a ton of heavy hitting shows like the office yeah. and, and all that. Um, so, you know, parks and rec, all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, it, it is definitely worth a binge. If you're looking for a new comfort show, it has like, you know, eight, nine seasons plus. So it's definitely worth the binge. Uh, we all need comfort shows in our lives just to kind of help alleviate whatever stress or pain we've dealt with that day for sure. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely on the list. Um, it's going to move up. It's going to move up. 2024 is going to be the year that I cut my list down <laughs> dramatically. Because <laughs> you've had that list since I've known you. So it's, uh, it's, it's been it's long. It's been a long list since 2016. Yes. And, and I'm like, just chipping away at it. You're like, I'm never going to finish this list because it's so long. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, those were kind of a few things that, you know, Gary and I are currently enjoying. We encourage you to check them out, certainly, because uh, they're available out there and worth seeing. Yeah. Um, but just to give everyone a nice preview of what we're doing with season three, season three is going to be a lot of fun. You know, we had really two seasons in our first year as a podcast. Now I think we're going to go towards having a season per year. I think that makes the most sense, even if it is like, you know, however many episodes, cause we try to drop weekly um, where we can. So we got a lot planned. Um, obviously, you know, we finished, you know, last season and last year with kind of revisiting our most anticipated episodes of 2023. Um, now we're going to actually focus, uh, shift the focus towards 2024 because, there is a lot of great shows and movies coming out in 2024. And for a little spoiler uh, into next week's episode, uh, Gary and I can definitely agree that 2024 will be the year of the sequel. We'll just say that. It is is the year of the sequel. There's so many movie sequels coming out this year. Um, There's a lot of great TV coming out this year. Um, You know, and this is all with that writers and actors strike just coming off of that. So it is surprising. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as video games go, it's not going to be the best year for gaming, but that's okay because 2023 was heavy hitting. But we're going to talk about all that. So really, that's what our next three episodes are going to be about. We're going to be talking about our most anticipated movies, shows, and video games of 2024. uh, And hopefully, you know, we're a little bit more on track this time with how good they turn out to be. Um, And then we are going to be talking about tv shows and the binging debate do we like you know weekly releases do we like binging it all at once like how netflix does it we're going to talk about all that so those are some of the episodes we have coming up we do want to dive more into what it means to be an artist too i know gary and i once again we each come from different perspectives on that Uh, we do want to delve into mental health and the arts Uh, We want to have more guests on this season. So uh, definitely tune in to our weekly episodes. We always drop on Tuesdays. Uh, Tune into those episodes uh, to find out more. Yeah, 2024 is going to be a great year. Um, We have a lot planned. Uh, And um, I want to just reiterate, we definitely plan on having more guests this year. For sure. For sure. We're reaching out. Um, we're letting people know we're getting them on and it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, as always. <laughs> um, but yes, no, and continue the word of mouth, right? Uh, to those listening, if you've enjoyed this episode, uh, please leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening. Uh, we always say that, uh, but it really does help uh, the podcast get visibility. The more you comment, the more you rate. Uh, telling your friends about us, once again, always helps. Sharing uh, you know, everything on our social medias. And remember, you can follow us at Nerds Inc. Pod on Instagram. And then the Nerds Inc. Podcast is on Facebook. Uh, definitely follow us and like us there. Uh, check out our content, share our reels, because um, we do post little snippets um, of the episode to promote it. So definitely hop on all of our socials and let us know what you think of our episodes and kind of what's coming up in 2024. And you know what? Uh, on the clip for this episode, uh, let us know what movie, game, comic, show, what are you most excited for in 2024? Yes. We want to know about it. Yep. Let us know. And as always, guys, I'm Skylar. And I'm Gary. And this has been another episode of the Nerds Inc. podcast. We will see you guys next week. Hey everyone, this is Skylar with the Nerds Inc. Podcast, here to say thanks for listening. And if you're enjoying our weekly discussions, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Ask us a question, provide your thoughts on our discussions, and we may just talk about it in a future episode. Thanks.